All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How you doing? Uh, great. How are you? Uh, good. We have a nice. brand new radio station. We do. We're we're able to say that now. It, ha- it launches in a couple hours. It's exciting. It will have launched by the time this podcast. Comes you out. are going to have a new format tomorrow. Are you excited about it? Really excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. A lot of work going into it. It's great. I know. And I've like been a part of a lot of uh, radio station launches before. Yep. And I mean, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm optimistic. I don't think it's that I'm optimistic (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not a generally optimistic person. But um, I've never really been filled with dread by a format flip. I've always been... I've always drank the Kool-Aid and been like, oh, I'm I'm psyched for this. And that's how I feel this time too. Right. Um, And so the other thing is like uh, I get kind of stuck in my ways i get like a little bit um stiff on a radio station so mm-hmm. a little shake up is is healthy yeah yeah definitely that you're right it does kind of just get everyone like keeps things fresh yeah I like it i've kind of been looking for a a way to freshen up my my brain right at least since the holidays if not a little bit longer totally i felt and not just like strictly professionally speaking uh i've just been kind of in a personal rut i think totally can i tell you that's a little bit of why i started playing guitar is that right it was like yeah i gotta do something like it's almost a resolution but i don't even like using the word resolution but (laughs) i like trying to stick to some becoming a lot better at something than you were yeah yeah, yeah, I think you're doing a great job. You're, so you're like, you're not losing uh, interest in the hobby. You haven't. No. It's been a while now. But I'm trying to find different videos and stuff. The videos are very helpful in keeping me um, honest in being interested in something. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, well, that would be cool. Or that's a different way of learning that. Or even doing the scale this way is different from what I was doing before. So Yeah. Can you imagine not having YouTube as a resource when you're trying to learn an instrument? No, not at <laughs> all. It's insane. Like when I started playing guitar... I got like the essential long and McQuaid kit, which came with the acoustic guitar and a little winder for your strings and an assortment yeah. of picks. And that's probably it. Maybe like some kind of little spray that keeps it shiny. Nice. Uh, and then it comes with a DVD okay. of some guy who's really good. And he teaches you the basics of like what a scale is and like right. what each, how the fretboard is laid out and uh, probably uh, a crash course in, in how to read tabs. Yeah. But that's so funny to me now that there would be like, uh, instructional DVDs on anything, yeah, <laughs> much less a musical instrument. Yeah, when you said DVDs, it reminded me tonight one of the street teamers came in and bought a new, uh, a new to them stereo system that had a CD player in it. Cool. And I was like, "Do you have any CDs?" And she said, "No." Wow. She's like ten years younger than me, so that's a good baseline for it. And I was like, and uh, Trev came in and he's like, "Well, you can't play like." mp3s on there but you can make an mp3 cd and put it on there and it made me laugh because i was thinking about how i used to make mp3 cds in like junior high right and and even early high school before the ipods came around so not a burned disc but mp3 cds like a burned mp3 cd basically you could you could put all of your mp3s on a a cd so you could get like 150 songs it was data storage yeah exactly i remember that that's how i used to transfer a library of music from one laptop to the next because i only bought $300 laptops. Right, yeah. <laughs> you buy a spool of blank CDs uh-huh. and you do a lot of work. And they and when you uh, import them to the new computer, yeah. track one, track two, track... You gotta I like, know. label them all. Yeah. Now you could just get like a terabyte uh, external hard drive and load those babies over. Yeah, before I had an iPod, I had uh, like your run-of-the-mill MP3 player. Yeah, sure. I had one of those too, like a Zuni kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget what what company made mine it might have been like Reebok or something yeah but I was so intense about the maintenance and the tidiness of my music library on that thing yeah because I wanted an iPod sure and so like if if something said track one or like if the artist field wasn't filled out I was very anal about making sure my my little music library was did I ever tell you in grade 10 or maybe nine or 11 somewhere around there my parents just gave me an ipod video for christmas wow and it was like one of the 80 gig ipod videos like whoa this is gonna fit like i I could fit everything on here this is insane yeah it was great can we agree though that that era 10 years ago where the most songs possible was like the goal with ipods was stupid yeah like no one was going (laughs) there were people though that you know especially in a for two guys that work in the radio industry that 
people that had 300 CDs that they were going to burn onto yeah. their CD and then have an entire music library on their iPod. But what were they trying to prove? I don't know. They just want, like, I think the relief of having 300 CDs all in one tiny box that they could just select at any time is right. kind of nice for them. There's a great uh, sequence in Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson is like, he's so against new technology and the old classic way of doing things is yeah. just fine for Ron. But for whatever reason, they're trying to distract him with Willie Nelson. So <laughs> Leslie gives him an iPod just full of Willie Nelson. Right. And he just keeps calling it a rectangle. He's like, Leslie, fill this rectangle <laughs> with Willie Nelson. It's an excellent rectangle. <laughs> That's so good because even uh, talking to my dad about like there's something about old handy guys listening yeah. to Willie Nelson. My dad's not like a country guy at all, but he had a bunch of Willie Nelson albums and he listened to them to like noodle along on the guitar with. He's right. like, ah, oh, those are great albums to strum along to. There was a phase in my mom's life when I was like a newborn yeah. where she became a fan of country music. I don't think she was raised to be a country music fan and now she's not really one. But for a good 10 years, she loved country music because she would get up with the baby, who's me. Yeah. And that's the only thing that would be on TV that wasn't color bars is CMT. So she would learn to like like Alan Jackson and Dirk Bentley. Because it was one of the only 24-hour channels? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's incredible. Right. And so, like, if you go back and listen to some of those people, like, even country music in the 90s to early 2000s, and I don't doubt that there's good country music now. Yeah. Uh, Chris Stapleton or, or however you want to identify it. Mm -hmm. But there is kind of a stigma now more than ever that... Uh, glam country is a little bit artificial right. that exists within every drama uh with every genre but uh in the 90s there's some like great songwriting yeah if you go back uh, like the new station we ha play a couple of shania songs yep definitely and she was awesome you're still the one elton john came out publicly when that song came out in i don't know like 1996 or whatever and yeah. said this is the best pop song in decades really yeah and he sang it with her no way and when you like listen to you're still the one it's a beautiful song did you find that just because of show prep or i don't know how yeah. i know that that's really cool yeah um Shania and you got Garth Brooks there. He was huge. Oh, like he would, he would have been like massive. Well, and talk about uh, uh, being stuck in your old ways. Garth Brooks for years probably lost a lot of money trying to wait out iTunes. Oh no! So like Napster, <laughs> Napster came through, and that was obviously very toxic to the music industry. Mm -hmm. It was very scary in the music industry, and then somehow the music industry saved itself by yeah. coming up with this format that makes it so easy to get your music legitimately mm -hmm. that you won't get it illegitimately. Right. That's, that's Spotify and Apple Music. Yep. And it's working pretty well. It's true. And now he's over there, but he wouldn't even be on iTunes for the longest time because he was like, this is a scam. And it was a, f a foolish mistake. For a little while, he was only on Walmart Music. Right. Because like Walmart had their own downloading service. There's a bunch of paid services that weren't iTunes at first. Yeah. And Napster became a paid service as well. Which just died immediately yes yeah and it didn't even really become like it was a thing died and then tried to come back as a paid service and people were not having it one thing i remember about napster is that they charged a buck 29 for songs and yeah. other places charged a dollar 19 or 99 cents yeah <laughs> like i could remember it was so weird that like songs would go on sale for 79 cents i know they overcomplicated it i i don't even believe that iTunes was a thing for a while. Like buying music that way. Oh my god, seems so dumb. It does. Buying a single for a dollar. That's uh, why are you gonna do that? It's not really good bang for your buck. Maybe an album. Yeah. But buying a single song but for ninety nine cents. You know what still exists, and this is a TV podcast. Buying individual episodes for two or three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. True. Would you ever do that though? I have done it a couple of times. If yeah. there's just for whatever reason, I need to see this thing because we're doing the show show or something. Yep. And for whatever reason, there's no other way to find it. I've been getting closer and closer to getting a Crave subscription. Okay. Because they do HBO live now. Yeah, that's pretty good. So we're coming up to, you know, we're in true detective season. Time's a flat circle. Yep. We're going into Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. April. So that's the big one. It is. And I would like to watch that live. It's one of those ones I don't like watching the next day. But you have some kind of subscription where you get HBO shows the next day, HBO Go or whatever? You get straight up HBO Live now if you have Crave TV. That's good. It's crazy. Okay, so this is weird. Yesterday, I got cable. You didn't have cable before? I've never had cable in my... Uh, other than the year I lived with you, I have never paid a cable bill in my life. So you ordered cable straight up? 
Yeah, Eastlink called me and they're like, hey, this is a courtesy call. You already pay this much for internet for an extra $16 a month. Oh, yeah. You can have 180 channels. You get uh, you get pick and choose, two yep. boxes, a DVR. Yep. As soon as they said DVR, I was like, okay, I'm in. Sweet. And so I'm now I'm a cable customer. Now you're a cable customer. At 27 years old. You're not getting... 2019. You're not getting um, like on demand and stuff though, are you? No. Okay. No. Because I mean, I have I have iTunes on demand. Yeah, I have an Apple fine. TV, and I pay for Netflix, and I pay for Amazon Prime. Yeah, I have access to everything now. I'm not even sure I'm going to use cable that much. Yeah, I might watch like CNN, and we'll probably like series record This Is Us and Survivor. Right, but it's so inexpensive, and it's just a 24 month thing. So in 23 months, I have to decide: is this worth it? And you can series record Saturday Night Live. You can series record yes. late night shows. I can watch the Oscars without having to pull up some 100%. really shoddy stream. Yeah. The stream I found for the Golden Globes was like, you know what? Credit to it because it clung on yeah but it was pretty shaky was pretty shady yeah. yeah um the uh the other thing i was going to mention on amazon prime maybe you saw this was it was like it's called like three billboard boys or something okay and it's all about the greatest it's called like the greatest radio station contest of all time oh and the synopsis is essentially three men were uh staying like living their life on a billboard like yeah. on tents okay for anyway this is on amazon prime it's a documentary yeah so i have no idea where it goes from there i don't know anything about it but anna sent me a link today and i am fully in on watching that is it interesting because we're radio people or is it objectively interesting i think it's interesting because we're radio people okay it might be objectively interesting but i haven't watched it yet you remember when that woman died from drinking too much water on morning radio? Yeah, that was like the first thing I heard when I got on the street team. Like people were <laughs> people were talking about it. Yeah, pee for a wee. That's right. It was right when when the wee came out. It was so hard to get a wee. Yeah, and now I'm hold your pee for a wee. Hold your pee for a wee. They would just like like drown your insides with water. And this woman went home and took a nap and didn't wake up because she flooded her insides. And that family got like a hundred million dollars in the lawsuit. Yeah. The morning team got fired and they sued and they got like a hundred million dollars. Whoa. Because they were like, Hey, it wasn't just us that were negligent. Well, exactly. We're just doing a morning show. Somebody should have said health and safety. No way. We have lawyers that didn't shut the shit down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We were hired to be stupid animals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I feel like there was another show that I was going to talk about too, or another show coming out. I don't know. Like we we did that uh, that uh, kind of preemptive what's to come in 2019 last week. Yep. And just since then, I've seen a bunch of other bulletins for different things we're going to have to look out for. Yep. In the coming months, I don't know that anything's coming to me right now, but um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good year in TV. I saw a little trailer for that. I am the night show. Is it I am the night with Chris Pine? Yeah. And it seemed okay. That's like it kind of piqued my interest. It's like a period thriller in like yep. the '60s America kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Chris Just, Pine or Chris Evans? That was Chris Pine. Okay, one of them has Chris Pine in it. Yeah. Um, but one of the uh, one of the things I was going to mention to you was right before I left, Jen said, "I feel like I got to give The Office another chance." Holy. And I said. What? <laughs> like, if there's one show that I'm going to a watch all the way through because I haven't seen it all the way through the end. That's crazy. But I've me. seen a, a handful of seasons. Yeah. the whole way through. Um, so she's like, you know, if this becomes her NCIS or New Girl or the Mindy Project, where I'm able to like, a sit down and just get into an episode of The Office and b go through every single season well and how amazing would that be here's the beauty uh the office is statistically the most rewatchable show in the world yeah like it's the most watched thing on netflix on, netflix. on a daily basis that's so wild. i must have seen the office uh almost 10 times through and when did i watch it for the first time three years ago wow really yeah wow yeah that's intense and a lot of people have that initial reaction of like i can't do this it's just too cringy he's too terrible of a person yeah but my brother had the same experience he just pushed over the hump and then something sticks something clicks and this show is with you now i'm gonna tell jen that and i think it's because of the heart the show has too i think it's because michael scott is a good person and people are not intentionally mean to him right but he's not he's not a good person at first in the (laughs) right in the first season he is blatantly racist and sexist and i told jen like the first season like we you know they were figuring it out we got to push through that and then we can keep going it develops a very big heart yeah yeah i'm watching it now i watch it when i fall asleep it's like friends in that it's just endlessly relatable at any given time 
an, any episode of The Office is better than most things you might suggest. Do you find yourself laughing out loud when you're uh, like about to go to sleep? Kind of Sometimes, thing? yeah. Nice. Because it's just so outrageous. Just strikes you. It's one of the most magical uh, uh, chemistries in TV. Yeah. Certainly in the modern era. Very good. I'm excited for you and Jen. I can't believe you never yeah. watched the end. I cried in the end. Did you? Oh, yeah. I've, I got pretty emotional when Michael left. Yep. That was really sad for me. Man, I'm sick. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah, I thought you were getting emotional from... No, I'm sick. This is not good timing. It's it's like coming <laughs> on as we're doing the podcast. No, I've kind of had it all day and it's nighttime. You know how when you have a cold, it gets mm-hmm. worse at nighttime? Are you pumping the water into you? It's water and tea and like yeah. vitamins. And I got I should probably get some Gatorade. and Yeah. Yeah. Pedialyte. I always get like incapacitated sick around this time. Yeah. And when I get the sick, it turns into the flu and I hallucinate and Jesus. I moan on the couch. It happens once a year. Whoa. You moan on the couch? Yeah. Becky. Becky. I told you the Jen Stitches story, right? Yes. Tell the people. (laughs) Okay. Well, basically on Saturday morning, Jen was drying a wine glass and crushed it with her bare hand Mm -hmm. and had to get three stitches. But in the time in between, she like flew into a a crazy white hot sweat and was like feeling like she was going to faint and I had to bring her to the hospital and got stitched up and it was fine but can i tell you uh my favorite uh sunday morning at the dartmouth general uh horror story sure uh it was in college when i was in rta we had this party uh, at this this house our friend's house and i was close enough with them that i just crashed overnight yeah stayed overnight woke up the next morning we're all hungover but we're like 19 so we're not that hungover sure and one of the guys who lives there decides he's going to make a big feed of breakfast uh like bacon and eggs for everybody oh he's from cape breton okay and so like he in the kitchen already is like, I don't know if I trust it because he might do any old thing. Right. He might like put moonshine or something in the, in the bacon grease. <laughs> um, and so he's he's like in the in the kitchen, and we're like waking up drinking coffee, and we hear this shriek in the next room, and he has uh, filled a cup, a glass cup with hot bacon grease. Oh no! Went to pick it up, and it oh, shattered in his hand. What? And hot bacon grease all over his hand. Plus, he's got cuts. So his hand is fucked. Like it's it's really awful looking. And I'm like, we have to go to the hospital. Like it's right it's right down the street. You and I have to go to the hospital right now. Yeah. And I swear to God, this is what he says. But it's Sunday. Like the hospital's closed. It's from Cape Breton, where apparently the hospital is open <laughs> bankers hours. No, not it's, a chance. He was dead serious. I think he was misunderstood. I, maybe he was. I don't. <laughs> I don't think the hospital closes on the Sundays. Air does not shut down on Sundays. on the Lord's Day. Oh my God! But I was like, trust me, they'll they'll take you. So that's a severe burn. Yeah, I think he was all right in the end, but it could have been really, really terrible. Like his hand looks the same as it did pre. I don't know the guy anymore, but I don't remember the story getting interesting beyond that first right. day he doesn't have like a permanent red hand now or anything maybe he does wow. maybe he's telling the story very differently yeah he's like that was the day my life changed i thought <laughs> i thought the hospital was closed but now i go there every sunday <laughs> just to read the magazine just to go to the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> there's no cafeteria at the dartmouth general <laughs> no no there is not at the dartmouth general so I never thought in a million years much less like two or three years they would do another ghostbusters movie whoa Jason Reitman, who's like a great artistic director who made Juno and yeah. Up in the Air, Thank You for Smoking, yeah. is directing Ghostbusters 3, which okay. is the new Ghostbusters set in the same U as like the iconic Ghostbusters, which is complicated oh. because there are people who want them to leave well enough alone because they love those original movies. There yeah. are people who are sexist and just didn't like that the previous Ghostbusters movie was all women. Yep. Are we appeasing those people? Because that seems backwards. Right. Why are we doing it at all when the last movie was a colossal nightmare? There's no reason for doing it. Besides I agree. just money. Right. Someone backed up a truck. And- but how much money? Did the last one make a ton of money? Got a lot of attention. Yeah. Well, maybe they're thinking like, well, in a male sequel directed by Jason Reitman, who are oh, they going to have in it? I, I don't know, but I just I just have a horrible feeling this is going to result in uh men in movies make more money than women in movies which actually isn't true when you factor in like wonder woman and star wars the last jedi yeah but it's just i don't see how this story can end well no it's just it it just serves to remind us that the female ghostbusters movie didn't work that's right yeah and that's not a good thing to 
prove by making it a, just validates the with, sexism yeah yeah right, right. Yeah. hey speaking of uh the office steve carell has interesting news we talked about him last week how he's going to be in that uh morning show show with uh yes aniston and witherspoon yeah i haven't heard anything more about that mm-hmm. about him being in that i watched vice by the way what do you think of vice he was amazing in it yeah as Donald Rumsfeld? Rumsfeld? yeah oh my god so good i thought it was good in general i thought it was funny I thought they took an original spin on it. Yeah. The whole like end credit scene in the middle of the movie. That catches you off guard. Amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. you funny. know it's not true. Well, it's Adam McKay, right? Yeah. So it's going to be a funny movie. I yeah. didn't see the big short. I don't know Donald Rumsfeld. You didn't see the big short? No. That shocks me. I guess. You usually watch most of the. I don't know why I didn't get around to seeing it. And that's one that's not particularly vulgar or anything. No, I think I just saw it as dense. I think I was like, I don't know if I can, I can stomach that right now. Oh, it was, it's, it's insanely digestible. Oh, okay. Yeah. The big short is insanely digestible. Yeah. Well, so is this. And that's what I liked about vice is I've never in all the years I've been around, I've never had it adequately explained to me Mm -hmm. why the Iraq war was such a silly idea. Oh yeah. And now I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they end up finding uh, Bin Laden in Pakistan. Yeah. Which, like, they were kind of saying all along, like, why, Ara- like, he doesn't have any connection to Iraq. Right. But people at the time were, you know, saying there's so much oil in Iraq. It was about just, lining like, pockets. Yeah. But it's amazing because he is, like, such an evil. They're all so evil in yeah. it. Yeah. Very few likable people in it, yeah. but it was an incredibly watchable film. Some of the things he did for his daughter, I was like, oh, this is super nice. And then in yeah. the end, it even yep. yeah, goes against I that. know. It's really dark. It's yeah. really bad. I saw The Favorite. Yeah, you were saying. It's like, I can see how it's a good movie, but I kind of just didn't enjoy myself. Right. And it had some good moments. It was like stylistically kind of a cool film. It yeah. wasn't just a straight period piece. Like it was weird. Right. Uh, and it shocked me a few times and it was mm-hmm. funny a few times. Yeah. Uh, but it was ultimately a drag. Between both of us, we've seen a lot of the Oscar movies because I saw Bohemian Rhapsody too. Yep. You saw Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody was okay. It had serious issues and, and learning more about the issues after the fact doesn't help it at all. Yep. It makes you kind of more mad at the movie. Right. Green and Book. I, and I'm not one to get mad at the movies. Uh, Green Book, yes, I've I've got it locked away. You got to see that one. A Star is Born, we've both seen. Yeah. Yeah, I really just have to see Bohemian Rhapsody, and then I think I'm caught up. Oh, and If Beale Street Can Talk. Right. Yeah. That's such an Oscar baity kind of movie. I don't know a whole lot about it. I think I like it's the like, title. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think it's like a civil rights yeah. uh, era kind of movie. There's no war movie this year, which usually there's a war movie. There to, usually is a war movie. To bring, yeah. But there's Vice. That's true, yeah. There's some warish stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Steve Carell, he yeah. has now got another uh, show in the pike. Uh, it's a Netflix show that he is making with, I believe, Greg Daniels, who created The Office for American Television. Wow. They're working on it together. He's going to star in it. It's called Space Force. And it is about a guy working for the Trump Space Force. No way. Yeah. It's a Netflix show. God. I would love to be excited about that, but I'm just not there yet. (laughs) Like, I think I'd have to get a taste of it to for it to click. You remember when we talked about uh, Homecoming with Julia Roberts? Yes. Uh, She's not going to do season two. Did you finish that show? No, I didn't. Me neither. I have Prime, though. I should just go through it. I didn't care enough. But it no. makes me wonder what happens to her character in the end that she has an out. Yeah. Narratively. Right. Maybe she just flees. Maybe. Maybe. Do you have any thoughts on uh, surviving R. Kelly? No, I haven't. I, I, all I know is that there's a documentary series about yeah. R. Kelly. Yeah. And it makes him look awful. And Lady Gaga disavowed her last single. That's right. And John, John Legend has been pretty outspoken. I ask you not to put you on the spot, but mm-hmm. because you have often really enjoyed R. Kelly music. Oh, yeah. A you're lot right. of people that, have. That tends to be like a go-to karaoke song, doesn't it? Right. And you're not alone in that at all. But like now more than ever, and it's been understood for a long time that he's a creep, mm-hmm. but now more than ever, it's very uh, revelatory. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I should say, I'm not like, I don't own any R. Kelly albums. I just, Remix to Ignition was an important song for... Uh, my generation. <laughs> we almost like it ironically. Yeah. It's silly. Yeah. Totally. The the unfortunate thing is that like as people report on the success of this documentary, for context, they'll play a clip on like CNN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R. Kelly's falling under fire. And then they play a clip of the remix to Ignition. 
and people are like dancing and, and in people their are kitchens like that's an earworm CNN. and suddenly his sales are going up oh so, like, no way all this horrific press is actually earning him money it's reminding people that r kelly's a thing that he had good songs yeah it's one of those things it's almost like a uh school shooter or a terrorist thing where it's like, let's not say his name. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would be effective. Remember the victims. Exactly. And Chris Brown has come back into the news. Uh, I don't know why. Really? But I've seen his name a few times in the last couple of days. Wow. It's another guy. I don't understand how he's still around. I know. Well, his, he had a whole moment with the uh, Little Dicky song. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Freaky Friday. Is that new? No, that came out. That, that was like in the summer but that was kind of a return to form for chris brown right which was a little controversial okay so speaking about controversy and hypocrisy <laughs> family guy did a trump episode this week okay which is not that interesting because no. every comedy does a, a trump episode but they've got this sequence where i think trump uh sexually harasses meg oh i think and then peter has to decide like how he's going to feel about this this whole arrangement now that this has happened to his family, even Meg, who he openly hates. Right. Uh, and he's face to face with Trump at one point and he criticizes Trump. This is Peter Griffin. I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and Trump is like, well, what about uh, your bad attitude and what that imparts on children and all the homophobia and transphobia that family guy is guilty of. This is what Donald so Trump, they, the like, character break says. the third wall or the fourth wall a little bit. And so <laughs> Peter says, well, we're a, comedy cartoon and you're the president and also this is what he says that kind of caught people's attention he says and besides we've been trying to phase out the gay stuff kind of implying that maybe family guy is trying to to not do as many homophobic jokes because that show is so homophobic yeah i can't think of anything that's super homophobic the on whole, it, but i'm sure it is stewie in general is just one oh, big homophobia right. yeah yeah that's fair uh and so now a lot of people are, are saying that Family Guy is kind of hypocritical to take the moral high ground after like all of the irreverence they've been guilty of in the last 20 years. Right. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. I haven't seen this episode. I'm kind of interested in seeing it. But again, it's it's almost like that episode of Family Guy that you said was... Last year. Yeah. Where Stewie's in the therapy. Yeah. That was a pretty good episode. Yeah, you were into it. I don't watch the show anymore, but I had heard that episode was significant. Yeah. And it was kind of good. This one's in the news too. I probably won't watch it because like I said, I'm, I'm just at the brim for, for Trump stuff. Right. But I think uh, Peter and, and the Donald get into one of those Peter and chicken fights. Oh, I see. Well, I was going to say like, how, how do you salvage a show after like trying to teach a moral lesson? I don't know. But like a good example is Howard Stern, who has been on the air and mm -hmm. has been irreverent for 40 years. Yeah. And so there is lots of very accessible, existing, uh, archived Stern stuff where he'll say stuff that would unsettle you. Yeah. Doesn't age well. Doesn't age well because that's who he was. Right. But he has grown. Mm -hmm. He hasn't tried to scrub it from existence. Mm -hmm. He hasn't apologized. For, well, he has apologized for it, but he hasn't said, he hasn't denied it. Yeah. But he's demonstrated his growth. Right. And so I think that's what Family Guy has to do if they want to be around for decades and decades. Although I don't know that they do. I don't think they should. I think well, they've al they've already been around for decades. I think they're twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> they've literally they started in two thousand. I think if not ninety nine or ninety eight. I think ninety nine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they need to just kind of hang up the. Seth Seth MacFarlane maybe needs to do more movies. Well, he's doing the Orville. He's doing the Orville too. Yeah. I think he really likes that. Yeah. Conan is coming back next Monday at long last. Yes, I heard. Uh, did you hear the? podcast with adam sandler yeah i, I thought I it thought was, it was really, I thought it was good really good i'm excited for this show he alluded a little bit to the new format yeah one I, guest no suit i thought that was the most interesting thing too he like and i started to try to he goes i'm gonna dress nice but no suit like is he gonna wear a blazer and a t-shirt kind of thing is he gonna wear like a golf shirt or a button up? i'm like how do you dress nice but no suit i'm trying to think in an interview show. i don't know but he's not gonna be in like a big uh stadium no. theater anymore i don't think no i think it'd be a small little crowd i have no idea how to picture it i know that in the traditional late night form of the past other guys have tried to not wear the suit jimmy kimmel most notably right. and eventually invariably they come back to the suit because it's right yeah but i think that old adage of 
Johnny Carson built this model and it wants to be this model. I don't think that applies anymore. I think no. that these shows are loose enough now. And there's so many different variations that you should just do the show that you want to do. Once media starts changing that much, don't you kind of think that, you know, the dress and the format might change a little bit too? Format yeah. already has changed a little bit. Right. Seth Meyers explained to Howard Stern that the reason you wear a suit is that people stayed up for you. Yeah, it's like a sign of respect for them. And he also said there's something uh, amusing and it, something additive to the comedy if the goofball is dressed Just like he's really nice, like he's yeah. going to a banquet or something. Yeah. And I guess I kind of get that in like a Dean Martin kind of way. Mm -hmm. But again, is it applicable to 2019? I don't know. I, I kind of want, want to see his suit or his look for the first show right and judge it because it might just f make you feel off maybe that was, that was the problem in the past to... but i think it depends on what the show is yeah like i don't think conan can do his old show in the big theater with the big screen in the back and the night sky and the sidekick and the band but you think he's gonna have like a pete home style couch and a living room kind of thing i think it's possible i mean yeah. that was a shitty set but yeah. it could it could be of a similar ilk yeah. Yeah. And I think Andy's still going to be around, but the band is gone. It's a half an hour show. Yeah. Yeah. The band's gone. The band is gone. Jimmy Vivino's not there. They're gone. Oh, what's he going to do? It's a half hour show. There's no time for a band. These poor guys. Yep. I don't know. I think they're all right. Yeah. They're buddies with Mark Marin. Mark Marin jams with those guys. Yeah. I remember, well, on the Mark Marin episode, he says, like, you know, during the commercials, he gets a guitar and That's starts right. kind of just jamming out. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Uh, the Grinch. Yes. You didn't see The Grinch. No. From Illumination. No. Do you know anybody who did? <laughs> I loved how it's on sale now. Yeah. The, we did. the DVD is like, oh, Lord, really? For The Grinch. That's silly. Who's going to buy The Grinch in January? Well, maybe somebody because it just surpassed Home Alone and became the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. Oh, I didn't know this. How is that right. possible? That adds some context. Maybe it is popular. How, but who? I, I mean, you, ha you have know some small children. Did they go to it? I don't think they did. Well, then who else did? Because it made so much money if, somehow. If the small children that I know didn't go, then no small children went. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people must have went over Christmas. I'm sure I guess, but like people like you and me had a real chip on their shoulder about this movie. And I'm proud to own that chip on my shoulder because it was such a needless film. You know who didn't, though? Parents that are super tired and just want to get their kids out of the fucking house because they're so restless and it's over christmas break and Maybe. oh my god how are we gonna fill this day i wonder a little bit if we would be less resentful of this remake if it wasn't by illumination like if it wasn't obviously another minions movie right yeah but even still it feels really wrong it is one of those you're right i haven't seen any of those like hotel transylvania um yeah any of the dream well the dreamworks movies i <laughs> uh any of the minions <laughs> movies any of the I, what else did Illumination do? Well, they didn't do Transylvania. Oh, they didn't? No. Who did that? I don't know. Okay. Uh, maybe DreamWorks. How to Train Your Dragon? Is that Illumination? That's DreamWorks. And they're, uh, the dragon movies are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're of the Shrek ilk. Yeah. They're okay. really high quality, high caliber. Well, you're putting me in my place now. Illumination but. is like, I mean, it's it's Despicable Me, mm -hmm. which, which branched out to Minions, and that's the real problem. Right. And so I, I think they, they might have done, did they do Sing? Uh oh yeah, or, or Secret Life of Pets, one of those maybe. Secret Life of Pets was supposed to be good though, wasn't I it? I don't know. I think it was supposed to be relatively good. I'm sure you're right. Or maybe that was a bad. One. I don't know. Anyway, I can't <laughs> even keep track of them anymore. I like a kids movie. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Did but... you see Coco? No. I heard it's supposed to be amazing. Well, we put on Coco one night and I fell asleep, and oh. I never fall asleep. But you fell asleep. I fell asleep during Coco. Was this when you were moaning on the couch because you were sick? Becky. Uh. Peggy, <laughs> Peggy, she lets me be the worst baby when I'm sick. That's amazing. She enables me so much. And I'm putting this on her. That's <laughs> <laughs> she's the reason you're so bad. I think so. Yeah. I I'm trying to be super nice to Jen while she's incapacitated with one uh, one thumb. I'm trying to do things like go upstairs and fold clothes because she like her whole left hand is very sore because right. of it. That's tough because. She is so particular about tidiness. Yeah. And you don't, you're you're not a slob at all, but you're not maybe. I do not care as much as her. You're no Jen. No. Like I said, the other day when we had to stop into my house for a second and I walked through the house, but I was in a rush, but had my shoes on and I realized yeah. before I was leaving that there were marks all over the floor. So I went <laughs> and got paper towel 
and then wiped all the floors down. And if that's not love, I don't know what love is. I think it is. But that's that's the problem is that now you have to be really conscientious of what's going to, what Jen needs emotionally mm-hmm. to not be stressed out about the mess that's created because she's not able to tend that's to the right. mess. But there's, I, it's fine. We, we get to it eventually. She, and she, I think she's understanding <laughs> that. I think this is a growing experience for her because she's not, she can't get on it right away. But she realizes that it doesn't necessarily mount because I'll I'll get to it. Right. It just might be at like eleven o'clock at night. Okay. You know? As long as as long as you're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. We're good. Have anything else? Do you wanna fine. do you wanna talk about shows? Let's talk about shows. Okay, do you wanna go first? I have no idea whose turn it is to go. Uh I will go first. Okay. And I will choose you know, I think I'll choose Cavendish. Okay, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's much easier. You're right. I watched one last night and I watched Cavendish right before I came. Okay, did you watch part two? No. Episode it was, two? It wasn't up on the like... Uh, CBC Gem? C- yeah, the yeah. CBC app on Bell or whatever right. that releases. It. it hasn't been released yet, so... Okay, so you're going to recap the first episode of uh, the new CBC Canadian sitcom, Cavendish. Cavendish. You can start on Sorry. Go, okay? Andy Bush and Mark Little. Three, two, one, go. Andy and Mark are home to see their sick father who's in PEI. They think that he may be a husk of himself. <laughs> when they get there to their weird house, they realize that everything is closed because it is Beast Day, a day where people take note of the beast that is living up among them in Cavendish. Um Overnight, the father goes missing. They have a town hall meeting. They go to find him. They find him in a cave because he's like demented or something. Uh, Andy accidentally stabs a kid, and that's the end of the show, <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty good. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. That's the first episode. I, I missed. I missed the love interest. Oh, that's uh, right, stabs, Molly. Molly. He stabs yeah. the love interest of the psychotic hunter gatherer. Right, Molly, who also works in a restaurant. So it's important to establish the the dynamic between these two brothers, Mark and Andy, is that uh, Mark is perpetually optimistic. He yes. sees the best in his very non-giving father. Uh, he's very excited to go back to the island. Yep. Uh, and Andy is much more cynical and probably more realistic about the upbringing that they had. Right. He's a couple years older than Mark. Yeah. Uh, and he's really not welcome at home quite like Mark no. is. That whole first scene where he says, wait, how much older are you? That, like, I was I was a kid. You, he left me when I was a kid. You were like 20. I was eight. But you were what? balding. Yeah. <laughs> you were so old. For a while, I didn't even know you were my brother. I thought you were dad's friend. <laughs> I was wondering why you were sleeping in the same room as me. You're kind of blowing my mind. Yeah. Right yeah. That was so, a special thing because, like, that is the image we see when we drive over the Confederation Bridge to go visit Becky's family. Yeah. Uh, and so she was watching this very keenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very warmly. Like, she's from Summerside. I don't think it's really all that different from Cavendish. Right. Uh, but uh, singing the Anne of Green Gables, the musical theme song. Like, Becky pointed out that no one would actually do that. But I actually think it's okay because Mark is not anybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. He has an enthusiasm that nobody would have. Right. Uh, and she says that Anne and Gilbert is a better musical than Anne of Green Gables. Uh, okay. Well, that's a good nitpick. Right. I have no idea what that means. But... A more important nitpick... I'm sorry for the goobers. That's fine. A more important nitpick is that so much of this episode hinges around hunting and uh, like uh, four-legged creatures in the woods of Prince Edward Island. With a face like a wolf and a body and a wolf. And not but just not just not the, be well not just the beast but like bears and right. other cr- like creatures yeah. there's so much talk about these animals in the woods of pei that famously are not on pei i bet there's no predators on pei there's really, are none there? they have foxes and that's it just foxes yeah so there's not a lot of hunters on pei no there's none you're not going to catch anything it's yeah. an island <laughs> that's fair none make their way over the bridge no deer no you, you don't have to be a scared. You don't uh, scared. You don't have to be afraid of driving on a highway at nighttime on PEI. Yeah. Nothing will jump out in front of you. Oh, that's nice. But they have the beast. But they have the beast. I love how they acknowledge. Like, wait, was this always a thing? Like, <laughs> oh, we never really celebrated it. But Ruth's <laughs> Ruth's family's really into yeah, it. Yeah, like it's a religious holiday. She's like, well, we put out the milk and the meat scraps for the beast, and it brings the family closer together. <laughs> yeah, it's like Thanksgiving, basically. I wanted to read this review that came in online uh, by somebody called PEI Girl. Okay. 
who gave Cavendish uh, one out of 10 stars. Oh, no. And labeled it quite possibly the worst show I have ever seen. Oh, God. This is what PEI Girl says. As an islander and a resident of Cavendish, I find this show to be not only completely ridiculous, but insulting. The residents of Cavendish look like stupid, uneducated fools. A mythical beast that comes out once a year to steal people? Seriously? And the whole town goes out to hunt the beast like the townsfolk in a Disney's Beauty and the Beast. I'm at a loss for words. She doesn't appear to be at a loss for words. <laughs> how, how about just a touch of research about the area? There are no caves for the beast to hide in. We have no deer on the island. All that aside, even if they named it something else, said it was some fictional town as opposed to one of the most popular tourist destinations in PEI, it was not funny. I was going to say, I think her issue is because she's yep. from the area. 100%. And it seems like they're making fun of it, but they're not making fun of it. No. They're just trying to find a place yes. to make a comedy a la Parks and Recreation. Absolutely. It's not about Cavendish. No. It is about a fictional town that they named Cavendish. Totally. Because there is a Cavendish. It's about it two brothers you. and their hijinks and their relationship with their dad and all this funny stuff that there, happens in between. Like, how about a little research? Yeah. There, there's no illusion that this is close. You know what I thought was one of the most underrated uh, scenes, like, nay, seconds in the entire show? Okay. Was when they're all in the restaurant and they're... They pick up the guns. They're like, kill the beast. Kill. And the mayor kind of looks at the at the cop quickly to be like, should we do something? Like kind of like ha- is looking frantically. And the cop calms her down a little bit, <laughs> like, waves her off as right. if to say, no, this is fun. We'll sort this out. It's not And then realistic. starts chanting along. My favorite moment, bar none, is when they're in the woods and Andy accidentally stabs a little kid because he thinks he's the beast. Yeah. And then it turns oh, out crap, to be- it's the beast. Yeah, it turns out to be the child of the woman he's always had a crush on. Yeah. And she comes out of the woods and she's upset and Mark goes, oh, crap, she's got a son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, crap. She's got a son. There were so many funny things in that show uh, that I laughed at the second time around. The first being the the uh, scene in the car. Um, the second being when he goes, oh, God, you think dad's going to be really sick? You think he's going to be like a husk? <laughs> and then they, they walk inside and he goes, is he like a husk? <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was really funny and so weird and cool that we have this now. Yeah, I know. Don't take it personally. Be flattered that they called it this. Totally. And I, honestly, I'm not even sure this PEI girl is actually offended. I think she's looking for something. Totally. It's not It's not your cup of tea. Nobody is fooled into thinking this is what Cavendish she's is. She's an angry social media commenter. And by the way, Andy Bush has spent a lot of time on PEI. He knows what it's oh, actually cool. like. Is he from there? Or? Uh, I think his parents are there. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He And he worked for like Funny or Die at out in uh, la for a bit yeah these two guys have been doing a great job you know yeah mark little's like like headline jfl i think mark Mark, is for my money he is a world-class stand-up yeah he is spectacularly funny yeah i i I used to go see them when they did a we had this comedy club jokers on spring garden road it is now defunct Mm -hmm. and they had a weekly night there and i would go to it as much as i could because i found them all so great i've seen one or two there for sure yeah you would you go every weekend no no but and i think it was on like tuesdays or thursdays yeah yeah right but uh yeah it was it was tuesday night i think yeah we uh we had a, a guy who did stand up in our rta class okay and so we would sometimes go to see him do stand up right. and like sometimes it would coincide some with, of the other with some of these other people be in there and yeah they're, they're it's i mean i understand them not being around anymore but it's a shame because we don't have a vital stand-up scene anymore yeah. and really they were kind of responsible for that stand-up scene in the first place mark little did a great bit and i remember thinking it was the funniest thing ever when he would come up on stage and talk about the rap song that he wrote yeah and he would start it and then say like everybody and start pointing the mic out to the crowd <laughs> that clearly did not know the words i remember it yeah and there was no song at all it was like two words in between and then he'd just start pointing the mic out i found Bryn really funny she was great. Yeah. She, uh, okay, well, when do you want me to draw you naked? <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. No, that's okay. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all right. Thank you so much for the offer. But, uh, <laughs> this ham is so good. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I couldn't uh, help Thank but notice. Thank you for corroborating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing is the hospital is the NSCC IT campus. Okay. Where my mom works. Oh, it's the one in Halifax. Yeah. Oh, great. So it wasn't all filmed some, on PEI. Some good B-roll. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny awesome. though when you get the same thing when you watch like Mr. D, uh, definitely a little bit with Trailer Park Boys. Uh, these places you recognize and it can kind of take you out of it. Like there's an episode of Mr. D 
where they go on a field trip to Boston. Right. And they go to like the Harvard campus and yeah. it's the St. Mary's University campus. Right. It's the same campus where they film the bar that they do in almost every episode of yeah. Mr. D. Yeah. I, uh, and, and Mark Little was in Mr. D. That's right. Yeah. He's pretty funny. The science teacher. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely give my, my S to Cavendish. Totally. Some good Canadian content. We're finally getting some CanCon in here. <laughs> it only took us 108 episodes. Yeah. No, we did Shit's Creek. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Some other CanCon. This is the second CanCon show we di- we've done. That's not a great average. And it's only because we really wanted to. No, we did that other CBC show that sucked. That was about the... Uh, yeah, but people love that. Alias Grace. Uh, yes. People love that show. Yeah. Well, they can keep loving it. Yeah. Did we ever do Anne with an E? No, fuck. Let's never do that Thank show. Thank God. And this is an unpopular opinion, and I love Cavendish, but I actually hate Anne of Green Cables. So do I. <laughs> Jen, and and yeah, it sucks. I think as a, a guy in your 20s, you're not going to like Anne of Green Gables. You it's can pull tough. 10 out of 10. Because it's like one of the like great it. classics in like Eastern Canada. For some reason. But because we of lack try- of other... Becky used to win Content. Green Gables lookalike contests because she's from PEI and she has red hair. Yeah, I'm sorry, Becky. Yeah, well, and she obviously loves Anne, and that's fine. Yep. But we, she made me watch the show, and I hated her so she much. She made you watch the whole show. No, just a couple episodes, and okay. I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm out. Yeah, let's turn the office back on. Yep. Yikes. Poor Becky slash Anne slash you. You're the real victim. You're right. I suffered. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay. All right, I guess I'm going to recap the first episode of season three, The Grand Return of True Detective. Recap it. Uh, starring Mahershala Ali. I'll go on go. It's You know what's a good sign that everyone knows how to pronounce Mahershala Ali's name now? Yeah, he's really... It's not an easy name to pronounce. Can you believe Mahershala that... is short for his real name? No, I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. What is it? Well, he used to go by Herschel, which yeah. is funny. Okay. But it's like Mahershala is a truncated version of his real first name that I will not attempt to pronounce. Okay. But it's longer even than Mahershala. Well, Jen did say he was on the show that was uh, called The 4400, which was like a kind of like sci-fi show that I'm sure wasn't good. Right. But that was like the first show he was on. And she said he had a different name on that. Okay. He's also a rapper. He had a rap career for a oh, sec. Oh, okay. Well, th- we're going to have to talk about that. Okay. I'm going to recap on Go. Three, two, one, go. This season takes place over three different timelines. Uh, the first one is set where uh, a father of two young kids, 10 and 12, lets them go out riding their bikes around 4 o'clock. They're supposed to be home by 5.30. They do not return. But there's some sketchy teenagers who we are led to believe are probably involved in some way in their disappearance. Ten years later, uh, Mahershala Ali, the, detec- the detective, is uh, being deposed on exactly what happened in that investigation. Another probably 30 years when he's an old man, he is contributing to some kind of TV show, some kind of documentary about this case. <laughs> Yeah, it's 2015 when he's doing it. So it's like another 25 years later, I think. Good old age makeup. Yes. Wow. And he like he was a believable old man. Definitely. He was believable in every iteration of this. Yeah. And he was so good um just throughout. Well, really good. He's the, he's a real star. This is like oh, his yeah. I know that he's been in a bunch of movies. He's now got a Golden Globe. He's got an Oscar. Um, I think this is his moment. He's got an Oscar. Yeah. He what was the Oscar for again? Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Okay, he, I haven't seen Moonlight. He might win an Oscar again this year. He's having a, a similar trajectory as when Matthew McConaughey did um, True Detective and also right. won the Oscar for... Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. The difference is he didn't have this pre-existing schmaltzy career as a handsome guy in right. silly movies. No, he did He's not. just always been this serious actor. Although, he always plays, maybe not always, but he always plays a fairly virtuous person. Right. And this guy seems, I mean, he's a cop. He's, yeah. he's not bad. He's not a crooked cop. But he might be a little bit more morally ambiguous, especially since he's like so troubled by all this as an old man. I'm going to debate that with you because he was not virtuous at all in House of Cards. Was he not? No. As Remy? No. He was like, he was kind of... Uh, He's a lobbyist. He wanted his side and he was, you know, dating a girl who had a husband. Jackie. I remember he was banging Jackie. Yeah. But he was anti-Underwood. He was against the Underwoods. That made him de facto virtuous. But I think that was because of his career, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think of him as, uh, uh, I didn't see much virtuosity there. There's a little bit more ambiguity in his uh, in his morals in this character. Mm-hmm. Like when he's sitting in the junkyard 
He tells his partner not to shoot the fox. Right. But he still seems to be blowing off work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. He's having a couple of beers. It was a different time. I'll give it that. Yeah. You know? the, the other thing you pointed out, like it, it's not a two-hander like previous seasons of, of True right. Detective. Like very distinctly, the first season was uh, McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Right. Second season was Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell. Yes. And Rachel McAdams. Yep. And this season really seems to be prominently uh, Herschel. Just Herschel Ali. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and I will say that I don't think he was blowing off work. I think they just weren't really getting calls. Yeah. And then when they were driving back, they get a call and he forces the driver to turn around. How does this, does this feel like a return to form for True Detective? It does. Because obviously, it 100% does. Obviously, the narrative is that the first season was amazing and the second season was tremendously disappointing. Yes. I watched the first season and loved it. Yeah. I, I heard such bad things about the second season, I never even gave it a shot. I watched the second season too. It just was not the same vibe. There was a uh, an episode or two where it seemed like it was on to something. Yeah. But I finished it through and it, like, you know, where I give the first season probably five out of five stars, I give the second season two and a half maybe maybe three yeah maybe if i watch it again i would give it three maybe outside of the umbrella of true detective it would have been an okay show yeah yeah this season is it's almost so on the nose of the first season which i i think would be its only drawback but i was just so happy to get the nostalgia of the first season of True Detective. Well, and the multiple timelines, like he gets really old. Yeah, he's kind of a mysterious character. Like when the when the uh, when his partner is explaining, you know, he used to be the guy that they would drop in the forest in Nam and come up and pick up three weeks later with scalps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like he's like a pathfinder. He he'd hunt wild boar. And- they said this of who. Of Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Yeah. The second season, uh, originally they wanted Christian Bale and Jessica Chastain. Would that have been better? Um, I mean, un- objectively, they're better actors. Yeah. Unless uh, Christian Bale demanded script changes. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about that. It might be part of the reason they didn't do it. Yeah. But they, they almost had David Cronenberg direct season two. And he passed because the script was weak. Right. The script was weak. That's yeah. that's essentially the entire story was a little bit weak. It wasn't necessarily the script, like the the week to week script. Right. The entire story just was not there. Now season three is kind of in a really cushy place because all it has to be is better than season two, mm-hmm. and it feels like a return to form. It right. doesn't have to be as good as season one. And the biggest issue with season two was they had to follow season one. That's right. Yeah, you're right. They've got they're in, they're coming from a good place and kind of emulating season one's. Uh, overall vibe where they're going back in time cutting back to they have a mysterious character you have a you know the wife's dead you're not sure why right but she was a school teacher she's a school teacher and that kind of show the, the meat cute right yeah it was well, very cute yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would describe it as cute one thing i left out in the recap is uh, at the end of the episode mahershal ali goes into a cave and he finds the little boy and he's dead he does. So he doesn't find the little girl, mm-hmm. but the 12-year-old boy is in fact dead. And by the way, 10 out of 10 acting marks on Mahershala's face. Yes. Oh, he nails the, the sequence. And they go searching, like, you know, it shows in the flashback, they go searching for the girl. And the, the high point of the show at the very end, the crescendo, <laughs> is that they found the girlfriend, the girl's fingerprints from a store or... Yeah, just a store robbery. Right. So um, nine or ten years have gone by and she's probably still alive. Yes. And so now he's being interviewed 25 years later. Yeah. You have no idea what happens with the girl. But he's troubled. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't it kind of a weird put on when they were going to the trash man's house? And he says, so we show up at the trash man's house and he goes, and you know what happened from there. So yeah. it made it seem like there was going to be some shootout or something that happens there. Right. But nothing happened there. No, I know. He just saw a picture. I know. What What are your predictions? What do you think about these teenagers who get questioned by the detectives and they, they don't really have exactly the same story when they're asked individually, but they yeah. also don't necessarily seem super guilty? The thing that I, I the one takeaway that I had from uh, the first season of True Detective that I didn't love was that the killer you didn't know who he was until yeah. like the 
ninth episode out of ten. You like never, he wasn't even introduced. Right. You never could have guessed it was this he, person. He was like a guy who's mowing the lawn of a character that was inter, uh, introduced like right. two episodes before or something. A groundskeeper. Right. So if it's anything like that, then we need to just keep watching. I like when a show, you know, that it's someone that was introduced in the first episode. Yeah. But it might not be. I don't know. We have that with a lot of things now where we're, uh, especially in like Star Wars, where we're expecting from the get-go that the great mystery has been staring us in the eye all the time. Yeah. And like, it's very hard to fool audiences now because of message boards. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I don't really have a prediction based on that. I, I hope that it ends up being like the... the trash man or something right or but but we know that someone's in jail too yes when he's being interviewed 25 years later because they say he's he's gonna get let go i'm assuming it's the father maybe i'm thinking it's gonna be one of the teenagers that is in jail yeah for it oh interesting okay what is carrie fukunawa's involvement in true detective well he directed the entire first season i think okay i do not the creator though no that's nick uh pizzolato who right. wrote i think there was a a book that he wrote that, oh. that kind of started the whole thing. And Nick Pizzolatto and Carrie Fukunaga did not get along. Interesting. Yeah. So Carrie's out now. Yeah. I, I, he didn't do the second season at all. I don't think. I think I saw his name briefly in the credits. Like he might be an executive producer. Right. A consultant. Well, so it was like Woody Harrelson. Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Break in that tr- TD money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, your S? Yes, 100%. I'm Me super too. excited about this. This is good because this is the first time we recap stuff in 2019 and we get to start it off well. We're both happy about it. Two enormously different shows, both really great. Definitely want to keep up with both. Well, it's been a little bit sleepy too for TV. It has. Lately. There hasn't been a, a bunch of stuff out. You know, there's been like your murder mountains and your bird boxes, but nothing. Yeah. Nothing TV show wise. I'm so not used to episodic viewing. I know. No. Yeah. Like I said, I have This Is Us and Survivor. Now I've got another thing. I've got to remember when it's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Good Place started back up and Brooklyn Nine-Nine started back and up. And I can watch those now. I don't have to wait for them to you dump on Netflix can. because of the cable subscription. And it's kind of nice to watch a week-by-week show. Yeah. Just uh, you know, rather than binging it all. Well, right, and I can do a little more viewing on the straight and narrow, which I haven't done a lot of. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Right. Did Very I just good. implicate myself on our podcast? Uh, Well, you're, you mean off iTunes. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> Which is not the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. It's a waste of money. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, he's not in it, but he did confirm on Monday, Will Smith, that Bad Boys 3 has begun production. He's not in it. So I think he must be a producer or something. Right. He hired DJ Khaled to be in it. Oh, well, I don't like this unless he's like just going to be in it as a cameo. I'm sure it's a small part. Okay. Is our boy in it? Is our boy? No. Is Michael B. Jordan in Yeah. It? No. Don't he, you think Michael B. Jordan has better things to do than Bad Boys 3 with DJ Khaled? <laughs> well, he's not going to be DJ. It's not going to be like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith is DJ Khaled and Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I would go to that. Yeah. DJ Khaled should be in Creed 3. Uh, yeah. He could be one of the corner guys. Sure. He yeah. could be like some like... Who's like, another one. <laughs> <laughs> Some big mouth fighter guy. But the thing is, DJ Khaled would never want to play a character who gets beat. No, no. Because he's got that major key. Right. I don't get the reference, but I'm sure. No, I'm he sure says right. major key and another one. Like, Is he a loser? Do we things. hate DJ Khaled? No, I don't hate DJ Khaled. Okay. You, you go get him, DJ Khaled. Why not? Well, he's going to be in Bad Boys 3. See, that seems like his lane. Yeah. I don't think Michael B. Jordan has to worry about Bad Boys 3. DJ Khaled, I would expect more in like a Fast and Furious movie than Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 3 is still like, it's still a Michael Bay franchise. Oh, it's Michael Bay too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's directing this one, but that's his thing. Yeah. They should get a new like up and comer. There should be a new Michael Bay? to Well, to, to direct the new movie. Yeah. Kerry Fukunaga. <laughs> Let's see that. He's not busy. Well, he did Maniac. I know that well, that kind of stuff. What's his next thing? Uh, Bond twenty five. Right. Or so we think until he there's creative differences, which there's definitely going to be. Yeah. Between him and DC. Well, we already lost Danny Boyle, which would have been perfect for right. Bond. DB was on DC. Well, the Broccoli's wanted uh, Danny Boyle to kill off James Bond, and he said, right. "No, I'm not doing that. Not happening." So it seems to me like James Bond's probably going to die. <laughs> Bond twenty five. Yeah. 
which might be essential because they need to they have to tread very lightly this family because there's going to be outrage no matter who they cast at this point yeah i uh i don't have a whole lot to, more to add to the bond talk i i just i'm not in it enough it's really okay we were talking about dj khaled being cast that's right by will smith he's on will smith's payroll quick note i was thinking today what happened to christoph waltz i don't know where's he been he was in a bond movie he was the villain wasn't a great Bond movie. No, but that was but. the most recent Bond movie. He was, was also the most in, recent one? Yeah, it's a while ago now. Oh, that was bad. Uh, yeah, Spectre. Yeah. He was also in Big Eyes with Amy Adams. Was that good? It was all right. Okay. Yeah. It's another Amy Adams is kind of meek movie. I think Christoph Waltz, that's my pick for a guy who needs to do a 10 episode series. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. He's got two Academy Awards. Two. One for Inglorious Bastards and one for... Django. Both Tarantino yeah, right. movies. Yeah. He's not going to be in the, the Manson flick. How is could he? he not be? I don't know if he is, but how could he not be? He's yeah, he's becoming his... a thing. Yeah. I bet he'll just be like a guy in, in like a San Francisco store or something. Be like, I would like to get these. <laughs> yeah. Director cameo. This lamp. Yeah. Der Humpink. Humpink. Did you ever see Der Humpink? No. Oh, it's a Jim, uh, Jimmy, um, uh, not Fallon. Kimmel. Kimmel. Okay. I'll show it to you. All right, good. That's funny. Listen, I have nothing left in my body. I so. know. You're about to die. I am. Let's get, let's get some sleep. Get some buckleys. Get we, some sleep. We didn't quite get hit the hour around. mark, but I think we had a good podcast. I think so, too. It's 10 o'clock. Don't hire DJ Khaled. Don't hire DJ Khaled. Never trust Will Smith. And never trust Will Smith.